see each one that's here this morning. Is there a prayer request before we open up with prayer? Y'all remember Barbara? Uh, she's not feeling very well, uh, but she's going to be getting better. Uh, but she needs our prayers. <coughs> I have a comfort. She actually lives in Old Snee across the river. Stacy Hammond. Uh, she had a stroke. Friday night, Saturday, sometimes on the weekend, I'm not sure that's going to happen. But uh, Dr. Devay waiting her to come out to have surgery in the morning to do something. Please remember the elderly of our church, especially the ladies that, that have lost their mates. And I'm sure that they could use our prayers. Sure, right. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Well, Michael, I've got a cousin that uh, he's already passed away, but his wife is on her deathbed. So please uh, pray for them. And let's remember uh, Vanessa and them as they're on Wayne, as they're on their trip. God will give them a safe trip. Remember Bo and Linda. Yes, amen. Yesterday, uh, Kenneth just had a little bit of a hard time rebounding from the procedure uh, earlier in the week. Uh, so he's, but the doctor's told him to stay in, not to be out in public right now. So he doesn't get sick. He said he didn't need COVID right now. Anyone else? Sister Belinda. Would you lead us in prayer, please? I'm in a predicament this morning because I know the more I sing, the less I have to teach. <laughs> so we may sing a while. <laughs> Number 
said before, salvation, everybody in here's experience is different, but they're all the same. Yeah. And I am one of those old-fashioned, I believe, in a place, a time. I, at least that's how it happened to me. Yeah. I can take you down to Pine Bluff on a Tuesday night. That's where it happened. That's what I'm folding to. Everyone has that. I never shall forget that day. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was all about. Amen. On the second. Now I can Yes. And when we turned into the step, I think that's where I was saved. 
I don't remember the trip to the altar. I don't remember saying anything up there. But I do remember when I turned and made that step toward him. He grabbed me up. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was his then. I, I had to release though. I had to be the one that made the step. He couldn't yank me into it. I had to walk freely into it. Bless him, Lord. Yes. Anyone else? Right, we'll sing 
I got sisters talking too there. I'm, yeah. You stand up and make coffee. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Ma'am. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. All right. You don't have to. It is good to see each one that's here this morning. I tried my best to get Marilyn to teach, and she said, oh, just get over it. I got to play the organ, so I'm going to get. Brother Wayne and Brother Bo cannot be both gone on the same Sunday. Is that just not going to work? Um, but we'll be there. It is good to see each one. What a beautiful Sunday morning it is. Gorgeous Sunday morning. We're in 12th chapter of Romans. And I just tried a minute ago to, to run across it, but I couldn't find it. When we begin in the 14th chapter, 14th verse, and for the next few chapters, um, as Sister Linda would say, we need to put our big bo put, put on our big boy pants. Um, Paul spoke one time to a church, and that's what I was trying just a minute to find, where he talked about he was having to feed that church milk, and he couldn't feed them meat. Um, and he talks about somewhere the sincere milk of the Word of God. You know, a young Christian, we, we would kind of look at as a baby in Christ, they're on the milk. They're learning. They're growing. But, you know, and unfortunately, some stay there their entire life. They stay on the milk their entire life. They never mature spiritually um, and are able to get on the meat. You know, milk is the perfect food for a small baby, isn't it? He couldn't handle meat. Wouldn't do him any good. But an adult needs something a little stronger than meat. And 
I think I asked, I, I think, it seemed like I remember one Sunday, we might even do that in a few Sundays, where I just giving examples where we can look at ourselves and say, are we on the milk on this? Or are we on the meat with this? Um, but this is some meat that he's about to get into now. Uh, this, is, this is where we have to make the flesh behave and do what's right. And it's not easy. I've never read in the book where it said doing right was easy. No. And sometimes it's not because of ourselves. It's, I'm enemy number one to my Christian walk. But he starts out <laughs> with a bang in this 14th verse, 12th chapter of Romans. He says, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Oh, what's my flesh say? Ain't no way. That's what my flesh would say. My temperature's going to go up. My face is going to get red. Yeah. But what did he say do? He said to bless them and curse not. Why? That'd be the weird question. Why? Christians. Because we're Christians. And what's the ultimate goal? To reach them. And if I fight fire with fire, I'll never reach them. But if they see something in my life that they don't have, hmm, might have a chance there. Yeah. I have to swallow hard. Real hard. And it takes... What, what's what's uh, some of the old ministers you say? Uh, just get another help and a grace. Uh, yeah, but to not not react as the world would react when someone does us wrong. Well, this is what Jesus did. It says, "While we were yet sinners, mm -hmm. Christ died for us." Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, you know, you remember the phrase in the Bible, the deep things of God? The Spirit may be using that very thing that's going on to reach that person. And our response is what starts a little, it's a seed that starts to grow in their life. We just don't know. Yeah. But that takes... That verse you were looking for? Yeah. It says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto uh, you, you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Yeah, thank you, Roger. Yeah, yeah. But it takes some grace and it takes some spiritual maturity. And thirdly, it takes having our mind in the right place. If my thoughts are on things above, when, this, when I run into this stump, I'm a lot more out to be able to handle it correctly. Then if I've been just, my thoughts have been in the world, not necessarily on sinful things, just not on heavenly things. Because right. thoughts on the world are depressing. Yeah, they are. We can dwell on what's wrong today and be miserable. But Paul said to set our affections on things above. If I've got that in my mind, then when this situation approaches, I'm a lot more out to be able to handle it, be in a condition to handle it. 
to not strike back. Anyone else on that verse? Verse 15, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. If somebody's up here, I'd kind of like to be with them, wouldn't you? But when somebody's down here, I need to get down there with them. Yeah. If the church is rejoicing, I sure don't want to be left behind. I know I'm the little toe, but I want to go too. But when somebody's hurting, I need to have a little compassion in my life, don't I? Try to, try to help somebody. Get down there with them. And the church will. The church will. I don't know, not really a great way to put it, but the church will get down there with you when you're, when you're low. Yeah. That's something you just can't do as a task. You have to care to mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. You have to really care. It doesn't do good when somebody's in the dumps to come in saying how wonderful and great a day you've had, does it? No. No. A little, what's the word that, oh, empathy. That's the word we kept getting drilled into us at work. Empathy. To feel, feel what the customer's feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, I had an old preacher tell me one time that it's important to be where the church is. Mm -hmm. That's not to mean if the church is down and out to try to keep them down and out, but but um, to have compassion mm -hmm. and, then, and then do your best to try to lift them up. Yeah. 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 Which means the pastor needs to stay in tune, doesn't he? With the Lord, and he'll give him the message the church needs for that day. If it's way up here, or if it's one down here pulling up. Yeah. Verse 16, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Little tough uh, 16th century grammar here. So we'll whittle it down. Treat everybody the same. Because we're all sinners saved by grace. Yeah. Uh, I believe Christ gave a parable about somebody comes in rich and all dressed up. We put them on the front bench and a poor person comes in. We tell you, you sit back there. Yeah, we can't be guilty of that in our lives. <clears throat> we got to look past that to the soul of that person. Yeah. Uh, there's... There's different occupations in life. There's different... Well, how would I put it? There should be no statuses in the church. Everybody's the same. Everybody's saved. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's pulling the ball and chain just like everybody else is called the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you said back earlier, love should be without dissemination or pickiness or partiality. Yeah. What's that old song? Makes me love everybody. Is that it? Yeah. Old time religion. Makes me love everybody. It's good enough for me. Yeah. But if we're not careful, 
the flesh will be choosy yes. based on status of who he wants to associate with. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said before, the quick example, uh, Brother Roger invites somebody to church. Sister Belinda makes a testimony that touches them. This person, Brother Steve, preaches. They get saved. Now, who's, who did the most? Nobody did the most. Everybody did their part. Yeah. Amen. And the team, the church, reached another lost soul. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I promise you don't want me playing the piano. You do not want me playing the piano. Um, everybody has their part. But when the victory's won, everybody can rejoice the same. Everybody's blessed the same. Yeah. It took me a while studying this particular verse or to get some in right. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's not... Uh, do not mind high things and do not condense uh, to men of low estate. Don't do, don't do either one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It took me a little while. Yeah. Yes, Verse 17, here's another big chunk of meat. Recompense to no man evil for evil. In a Christian dictionary, the word you should never find is get even. That shouldn't, that's not in there. It's not in there. Brother Roger gave a good testimony one time. I'll never forget it. Brother Roger, about when he worked, they had a customer and they supplied them, and the customer went somewhere else, and then that supplier couldn't supply their need. And when they came back, the temptation was there to just really up the price on and, and but Brother Roger's boss says, no, we're going to keep the price the same because that's our integrity. You remember that, Brother Roger? And uh, it's real bit, wasn't it? Probably was. That's what I sold for the last three years <laughs> of work. Yeah. And, and, and that, that, he might not have thought much about it except to testify, but that's meant a lot to me. And uh, we all do things. I don't do it so much anymore, but I'll roll through one occasionally because, you know, get to think about something else. But stop signs where there's hardly any traffic in our own neighborhood. We're going to roll right through those things, look and just keep going. Most of us are. But if we have the integrity that this is talking about, we're going to think somebody may be watching from afar. And we're going to go ahead and stop and just use the same integrity. Now, that's, the, that's about the farthest, simplest uh, example I can come up with. But it's the truth. If we take care of the little things, the big things will be taken care of. But the flesh wants to draw back fast, doesn't he? Mine does. Flesh says, why don't you put that stop sign there? It didn't need to. <laughs> Ma'am. Bob said that about the stop sign. People don't look at us on Sunday morning 
as much as they look at us yeah. Monday through Friday. We are to be an example every day because, like Bobby said, it's the little things. If I get too much change back and I don't give it back mm -hmm. to whoever, mm -hmm. people will notice that. Mm -hmm. And the devil is right there in the midst of it to say, well, she's a Christian boy, you got one up on her. And it's not that way. No. We're supposed to live every minute. And like Brother Bobby said, the little things, if that's what makes our life, uh, Christ-like, it's the little things. And that's exactly what the rest of this verse means. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. I remember a story that an old fella told one time. He was buying a bushel basket for those old like me of corn from another fella. And the fella put the corn in the basket and just kept, it was stacked so high that he couldn't, it was starting to go off the sides. And he said, whoa, 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 that's enough. And the guy that was selling the corn said, oh no, it's okay. I want to make sure I don't face this bushel of corn in judgment. He was putting too much in just to make sure it was an honest transaction. Michael, people will remember that a long time. I, when you started talking about that, I remember we used to have a man that, that, that drove an old Massey Ferguson tractor pulling a four-wheel rubber tire trailer behind it through the neighborhood once a week in the growing season. He had watermelon and peas and corn and okra and tomato, anything, anything he could grow, and he'd sell it. And he had a, a scale hanging on a, mm -hmm. yeah. on this thing, a little bowl in it, mm -hmm. yeah. container. And if you want to have the okra, he'd put it up there, and he'd pour it in your bag, and he'd reach over and get a handful and put it on top of it. He said, that's just for good measure. And as a kid, I remember that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that you got your pound, but you got a little handful too. And those little handfuls a lot. So back to our first verse of this chapter. What is our reasonable service? To live an honest life. We don't have to go build a great temple somewhere. We don't have to lock ourselves up in an upper room all our lives. But our reasonable service is to live an honest life. And I got to go through Sneed's Crossroads without scolding somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Amen to that. Yes. Go through Sneed's Crossroads without scolding somebody. Yeah. Four way stop signs. Only thing worse than a four way stop sign is a roundabout. Oh. <clears throat> See? Ah. Now. Now. Now, now, the writer of this book was in the real world because of this next verse. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. As much as it's, in, as much as it's possible with me, I'm to live peaceably with men. Now, listen, folks, do not like me. I'll tell you right now. They don't. They do not like me. But you know what? I can forgive them 
and march on. Yeah. I cannot let that be a drag on me. Because there's some folks you cannot live peaceably with. Did you know that? As hard as you try. Don't let that drag you down. Uh, I guess Bo lots of times makes the comment, I choose whether you offend me or not. And I can forgive you whether you want me to or not. Uh, I'm not picking at you, Belinda. Okay, yeah, maybe I am. Okay. But I can choose to forgive you even though you're still not peaceable with me and move on. But you've taken care of your half of it. Yeah. And that's all I can control anyway. You're yeah. responsible for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Michael, I used to work with a gentleman, and the way I described him to people that knew him, I said, Walker's just not happy unless he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, you could give him a butter biscuit and there'd be something wrong with it. <laughs> be too much butter. Yeah. Oh, there's never too much butter. No. <laughs> not enough butter. Yeah. But that's, there's a lot of people in the world just like that. Yeah. yeah. You just have to deal with them and go on. Yeah, you do. All yeah. we can do is practice people like that. Yeah. It's not going to make, it's going to make me feel worse if I let that eat at me. <laughs> sure it is. All I can do is what I can do and just pray for that person's, that the Lord will change his attitude. That's the only thing you can do. So, Michael, are you telling us to never get upset about it? What the book say? Be angry, but sin, but sin not. Yeah, yeah. Real world stuff here. Somebody can make me mad, but it's my choice whether to sin or not over it. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I just want to stay mad. Yep. You know? It feels good. I really, it feels good. I really just like to be mad and... It feels good to the flesh to stew on it a while. Yeah. <laughs> but he also said, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Get over it before you go to bed and wake up with it the next morning. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So real world here, yeah, some folks can make us mad, but we don't need to dwell on it very long. We need to, we need to get over it. Yeah, so it doesn't become a mountain. Get it while it's a small thing. But that's, that takes more than meat. That takes some grace, some maturity in our lives. All right, let's wrap this up. Cause Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. That's another word that's not in a Christian life dictionary. Revenge. But rather give place unto wrath. Say what? Say what? Give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, repay, saith the Lord. It's over in the Old Testament. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. And in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. I love this last verse. We do have a weapon against evil. Mm -hmm. We do. We're not left defenseless. How do we overcome evil? 
Not with evil. Not an eye for an eye. But we can overcome evil with good. Yeah. That's our secret weapon if you'll have it. Kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. If we truly understand verse 19, then we ought to have some, what you said, empathy for that lost person, for that person. Because what they're going to endure in this life plus what God's going to put them through, we ought to feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. It'll be easy to feed them knowing what they're up to if our heart's in the right place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we, we do, but the first part of that, be not overcome with evil. Don't, don't freak out. Don't let it, as she talked about, don't, don't let it knock us off our stump. Don't let, us, don't let it overwhelm our lives and shipwreck us. But overcome it with good. Yeah. A secret weapon that works. It works. And as a byproduct, you might touch their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm sure I've done it. I know my wife does it. Uh, you manage it. And probably some others where you manage people. It's amazing how far a little kindness goes and a little empathy. Now, there's rules. you you gotta, you got to do things right. But um, I saw too many management styles that was that. But I found that I always tried to help the people who were under me to move up, to get better, to help them personally, to help them with their job skills, to move them up. And I found that to be quite successful. They realized I cared for them. And they're not just their work life, but their personal life. And I'm sure everybody here that's managed people knows some days you just want to throw them out the window. Nah, I got some amens out of that. <laughs> you just want to say, what are they doing? Why are you doing that? Not again. But yeah. But when they see you care for them, they'll work so hard. Michael, when, when they see you care for them and they work really hard, doesn't it make your job at the top a, little, a whole lot easier when you go into work and you think, I am not going to have to individually take each one of these people all day to day to show them what to do and how to do yeah. this, when, 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 when you lead them and you bring them to where they're supposed to be and they know what they're doing and they know they're appreciated, they will make your job a whole lot easier because you can come in and, and things will be running smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works all the way top to bottom. I mean, it helps. Yeah. Most challenging situations that I've ever dealt with, Brother Michael, has been with people that have the attitude, I ain't never been done right. Yeah. And I've had a couple of employees back over the years that, you know, I couldn't get, I couldn't move beyond that somehow because. Mm-hmm. I ain't never been done right. Yeah. You know, whatever. And it's really, you see in a person like that, they, they, don't, they don't have any thankfulness, really, or gratefulness. And, and they don't have forgiveness for somebody that they perceive has done them wrong. Because they ain't never been done right. And uh, 
that's that was always my difficult situation to deal with. Because how do you how do you move somebody yeah. beyond that mindset yeah. so that they can do better mm -hmm. and they can have a better relationship with their coworkers and all? That's tough. Some yeah. people are just happy being miserable. Yep. Yep. I call those people. It's a it's a group of people I call perpetual victims. Everything is directed towards me. Anything bad, you know, and, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Perpetual victims. I, I, I finally dealt with that one time by, in, in kind of way I could, by saying, let's just talk about this a little bit. You're the highest paid person in your apartment. Uh, you've got no vacation, you, you know, and just try to point out all the good stuff that they didn't do any good. <laughs> but well, what it did do is they didn't come back and complain to me all the time. <laughs> okay. They didn't get to <coughs> All right, next Sunday we'll start the next chapter, and it's dealing with our relationship with our government. But I want you to think as you read this, you're living under the nose, you're living in Washington, D.C. of the Roman Empire when you read this chapter, okay? Think about it that way. Where these Christians were, it was the church in Rome. Think, but you try to put yourself a member of that church and read this 13th chapter, okay? Anyone else?